Welcome to Journey Within with myself, Nigel Paul Miller. Today I'm joined by Dieter Kalt. Dieter is a former professional ice hockey player and the host of the podcast 74 Once More. Dieter utilizes his knowledge of high-performance coaching gained from his successful career in ice hockey to spread messages of inspiration to other retired athletes just like him around the world. Welcome to the show, Dieter. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Well, thank you very much for having me, Nigel. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I'm uh, really I'm happy to uh, be able to spend that time with you. Excellent, excellent. Well, I have to tell you, I have to say it's an honor to have you on my show, my friend. Um, yeah, so I mean, I have to say, <laughs> look, there's so many things I'd like to talk to you about today. Um, you know, but I mean, before we kind of dive into my questions, um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about your father? Because he was actually your inspiration to start playing in, in ice hockey. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's, that's right. I come from a, a sports family. My, my dad uh, uh, has the same name, Dieter Kalt, uh, as I have. And um, um, he used to be a hockey player back in the days in the 60s and the 70s. Wow. Not a professional hockey player where professional ice hockey was non-existent in Austria uh, at that time. But uh, besides uh, studying and, and to become a lawyer in university, he was, he was playing hockey for many years. So um, I, I grew up with this, this kind of... Uh, um, sports feeling in the family my mother was uh, ski racing um when she was when she was younger so um genetically i was uh, predisposed uh, for sports of any kind but it, it, it turned out to be hockey that was my biggest passion and i think i could i, I was skating before i was able to walk uh, kind of but that's also <laughs> that that part of austria the south of austria uh, ice hockey was pretty big you know lots of mountains and lakes and cold winters and you know frozen mm. frozen ponds and 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 Everybody's doing it. There's, there's, there's two teams, you know, my hometown and then uh, one town 30 kilometers away. There's a huge rivalry, you know, yeah. student's town and the, 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 the blue collar and the white collar, you know. <laughs> so there's a bit of clash, bit of a clash. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, that's, that's how I, you know, and then my, my dad stayed in hockey, um, just in management. Um, besides his regular job, you know, he was working for the Ice Hockey Federation as a, as a, a sports director or head of the national teams. And then for many years, he was the, the president of the Austrian Ice Hockey Federation. So um, for me, growing up um, in hockey, um, it meant that uh, um, I had to fight hard for a lot of things, you know. Where usually, you know, of course, I was confronted with, uh, yeah, you, he's the son, you know, he gets everything for free. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a common, oh, yeah, common, course, yeah, common yeah. story. It's a common story. Yeah. But when it really is uh, the opposite. Um, but it opened a lot of doors for me. Uh, and uh, especially mentally, it, it opened, it gave me the chance to see both sides of the coin. You know, and that was, I was really fortunate. Um, growing up in a family who had a dad who was playing and then changed to the other side. Being in management, being, being a, a coach. And, and when I was still a player, we had those discussions at home about the technical parts and the organizational parts and the, the managing parts. And that helped me a great deal oh, understanding wow. the whole business um, and, and that helped me being a leader in my teams as well later on. That's fantastic. So essentially, he was coasting you from like literally as soon as you were out of nappies <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, when yeah. you were a kid. Like, I mean, that's amazing. Well, actually... My dad has never been my coach um, uh, by any means, um, really? really. You know, he was not of those, one of those, those parents that uh, were there every practice to watch. You know, he was really supportive, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, I never got pushed in any way or had the feeling that I was, you know, somebody's there watching over me all the time. You know, that everything, that the work ethic, everything came, came from within. 
Yeah. And I actually I felt sorry for many many of the uh, of my friends who had who had parents that were you know that would be there all the time you know and be pushy and 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 giving them the feeling especially from uh, parents that did the sport themselves you know especially a good friend of mine a really talented guy um it was so tough his dad was watching every single practice every time he would be standing in the same spot you know and 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 giving the looks to his teammates or to his son so every time he would do something take a shot or try to score or make a pass First thing he do, he would look up and, and look to his oh dad. He God. would approve, oh looking for approval, oh yeah. and that was shitty for him. That yeah, was a big burden for him. Yeah. But it was also shitty for the for the guys playing with the, with this guy, you know. Um, so, um, and I never had a dad like this, and in, in that way, I'm I'm really great. But he was really helpful of opening, you know, through his connections. Obviously, um, um, I had the chance to train with uh, with athletes from all over the world at a very young age. Uh, not only for me, but for my whole group, you know, that the people that are the kids that we grew up together with and on the team, you know, we had the chance to go to training camps to Czechoslovakia back then when the Iron Curtain was still up, you know, or to Russia. So, and that was, uh, that was the privilege I had, yes. Wow. So, I mean, it sounds like it's nearly like uh, the opposite side of the coin in, in essence, because, uh, you know, a lot of time, as you were saying, a lot of people kind of get stick. They get, they get kind of, uh, you know, um, rejected from the social circle because they, other people feel that they have an advantage or they have a step up and mm-hmm. other people resent them for that. So, I mean, obviously you must have gone through a bit of, a bit of that from your peers and stuff like that with regards to, uh, you know, I don't know, what, did you kind of, was it jealousy or what do you think, you know, what? what? Um, as, a, as a kid, you don't think like that. I mean, at least maybe maybe something changed now and uh, i can i can uh, go back to that later because i was uh, i was responsible for um players development with the professional club for a couple of years myself and dealing with parents and all those kind of issues um uh, professionally but back in the days when i was a kid i never felt that way you know we we were on a team we had fun we we were competing about everything and 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 everything uh, became natural i never had the feeling that somebody was jealous because everybody knew that you know uh, success in team sports you and respect you only gain by performance and the way you conduct yourself the how you are as a teammate you know and and you get nothing for free and i mean you, you have to work for everything and then the roles settle you know and obviously there are some people that have problems with settling in the roles because they have a, a, a wrong and and that's i think where parents make a big mistake by telling the kids how good they are all the time um, despite knowing that they might not be as good after all in what they're doing, mm. but just reaffirming, you know, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. You get a kind yeah. of a wrong picture of a yourself. A false sense you know? of your be- own um, kind yes. of competence, isn't it? Yes, because, you know, um, you, know you, you love your kid and you want to you help it to develop the best way and you want him to be happy, and, but you can't take away the most important things that uh, are the steps to learning or achieving greatness, and that's the failure. And, and, and overcoming resistance and being in a group, finding your spot, you know, um, having your fights and your problems and dealing with it, you know, and, uh, and for sure, that's something that's, that's a problem nowadays. Um, back in the time when I was young and, you know, in the seventies, eighties, um, in my, my case, that was not the case. And I'm grateful for that. You know, I was fighting for my spot I, and, and I earned it. And, and that, that's how I got the respect. So I never felt the jealousy. Because at the end, you know, I know even, if, if, even the biggest star on a team, he can't win, him by, win it by himself. 
Yeah. You always, and that, there's a truth in the saying that you're always only as strong as your weakest link. Um, meaning that you have to, a good leader um, on a team, he makes sure that everybody feels good about himself and know that he's valued for what he's doing, contributing to the team. If it's, if it's only the guy who's carrying the water bottles mm. only or yeah. opening the, the door or whatever it is, you know, everybody is the same in the group. You see, this, this blows me away, like, because you, you are talking from the level of professional, like, you know, a professional athlete. So it's, it's a totally different paradigm what you're talking about here, because, you know, the type of people that you were on the team with were also had that kind of mindset of, you know, supporting each other and helping each other. And, you know, divided we fall, you know, together we, we fly or whatever, you know, so it's just, yeah. it's, it's like... Yeah, it just blows me away listening to that because you know so many people out there would you know not not operating at that level would have experienced the jealousy from their peers. You know they would have experienced all that stuff, but you didn't experience that because you know because the guys that you were with were essentially you know had had a similar mindset of just you know that team. Yeah, well, it's, it's well group sports, team sports. You know, there's a reason why some guys do uh, single sports and some guys excel or some girls excel in in team sports. Um, you, you know, in, in order to be successful or let, if you talk about becoming professional, making this your life or your profession, um, you have to have certain char characteristics in you that make it possible that you can go all the way. Because there's a lot of guys, a lot of people trying and a lot of people failing on the way. Mm. So, um, you know, at the, at the end, you know, at the end of the funnel, so to, so to speak, um, yeah, there are certain criteria that have to be met. And, and so just in order for you to have a chance to make it. Um, so if you can't, if you can't deal with this, uh, with this group pressure at times, or if you can't feel happy for the person sitting next to you, if he succeeds and you know, you, you need him and he needs you. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, then you're in the wrong, you know, in the wrong system anyways, and you won't be happy and you won't last, you know? So it's, it's not, it's not for everybody, but and, and that's why I think, you know, sports, team sports, or sports in general, you know, but especially team sports where my expertise lies is, is such a great school for life. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why, that's why I, um, I believe you learn everything that you need every day now, you know, um, in your jobs, you're dealing with other people. Um, if, if you have been in groups, you have experienced victories together and failures together, you know, yeah. how big, you know, sometimes you have a bad day, somebody comes up, uh, comes and picks and, and picks you up and helps you, or you can hide by, uh, behind somebody because he's performing better and you can, you know, having a bad time and, and yeah. teammates are helping you. If you experience all this, um, it's going to help a great deal in, in whatever you're dealing with later on in life. Um, at the same, yeah, at the same, at the same time, um, we have to look, I, I believe we have to look um, differently, a change of view in how to uh, uh, defining success in youth development in sports and in general. Um, because it's, it's, it's one good thing what develops in the groups there, you know, regarding uh, how to develop elite athletes. And that's what, what the, the, the key measurement and measure point is a lot of times in organizations. Um, how many pro players are produced, you know, every year, yeah. every five years in, in through your system. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Which it could be, it could be you know, a, a, a metric. Mm. Um, but what the, the, the truth is, you know, you take 100 kids, you take 200 kids, and maybe two, three, four, five, six might have all the ingredients together. Um, um, what 
are, that are needed in order to be able to make it to a professional level in that sport. And what about the 98 or yeah. the, the 298 that don't make it? Yeah. And, but who are only, you know, who only looked at, you know, who look upon themselves as failure when they're 18, 16, 17, 18, yes. 19, and they drop. That's what I've seen here in Austria, big, big time. And what made me so sad, and that was the reason why I took a step back from professional coaching with the, in, in the pro team and uh, going into youth development, because it hurt me, made me sick to my stomach when I see 18-year-old who, who has spent 12, 13, 14 years in a, in a, in a sports organization, in a group, and, and then ending up hating what he was doing, you know, feeling like a big failure. When he actually finishes school and starts real life, so to speak, the start that he gets is feeling like he's a big failure because he didn't become that star on the pro team that he was wishing for. It should be the other way around. You know, that, that is not for everybody. There's certain criteria to be met. It's a great way. You know, it's a great lifestyle, but there's a lot of sacrifices, so to speak, too. But the beauty of developing a passion for a sport, for a group and everything that comes, you know, lifetime friendships, um, um, being active, feeling you're getting to know your body, how to deal with uh, so many different things, you know, yeah. that you should have at the end of the journey. And that's the right youth development, um, uh, teaching a certain way that, you know, treating people, uh, interacting in the groups and then getting ready for life. That should be the, the highest uh, goal of youth development in my, and I come from professional sports, but that, that's my deepest belief. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, as far as, so essentially, I suppose what, what you're essentially saying is, is that the problem that there's such a low amount of people that actually become successful is because it, they, the people are being treated like numbers. They're, they're not being treated like, you know, you know, they're not being treated, you know, as you were saying before, it's yeah. the system, how many can they pump out? How many can they pump out? And they're, yeah. not, they're not caring for their people. They're not, they're not leading their people in a, in a way, in a transformational way, essentially. Is that kind of what you're, what you're conveying? Yes, yes. And I, uh, that's for sure the case in, uh, in many professional organizations when, when you talk about big business and you, in, look at any sport, if it's soccer, if it's, you know, if it's American football, if it's, if it's like the, the huge sports with the big numbers, but also the same thing in, in hockey. Um, but it's the same with, uh, with the kids already. Because, you know, because coaches are under pressure too, you know, to, to uh, get results and to justify what they're doing. And, uh, and uh, so they have to pick the winners from the losers early, mm. for example. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind and, of like a top-down effect nearly, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Why well, it should be really the other way, the other way around, you know. Um, and, and, uh, and, and it just, it just, what does it produce? You know, and you talk about production, that's the wrong word in the first place. You know, the human factor is, 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 is missing. In a, in a lot of in a lot of ways you know and because uh, i think if if uh, if uh, um if we look at it from a society standpoint and the, and the value of uh, sports for kids uh, for a society we should look at it the other way you know what kind of environment can you actually um uh, produce that kids get a chance to develop to the best of their abilities and feel good about themselves and learn what it takes to work for something really hard not getting anything for free because that's reality yeah. you know Okay. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, you're not, you're not getting anything for free. Nobody has ever invented anything that, that comes easy. Success doesn't come easy. You know? no, so, and kids should learn that too. You know, that's part of, that losing is, is also part of life. But anyway, feeling good about themselves and getting the self-confidence and, 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 and being, being brave enough to challenge, you know, and to ask questions 
I mean, that's more important. And that's kind of the process. If you put the process in place, then the results will come itself. You know, mm-hmm. if you start result orientated, you lose so many yes. things away. Yes. That's, that's the, you know, that's just a different way to see at things, yeah. you know, and that was, that was my approach in, in, in youth development. And that's just, it's not like I have done this in 20 years, uh, for 20 years or 30 years. But when I, when, I, when I stopped playing and I thought about, okay, what I want to do next, where can I have impact, where, where do my true passions lie? Um, uh, and also being a father, you know, what would I like for my kids? Yeah. You know, yeah. having lived the life uh, and, you know, I was chasing that dream. I was lucky enough to, to be able to live my dream, but they had a, just a, you know, sports just have a natural way to, <laughs> to end, you know, a certain age, enough is enough, you know, and yeah. then you have to think about something else. So um, knowing how it feels to do something out of passion and never feel, felt about, um, uh, well, I have to sacrifice anything for doing what I love. So if I, find, if I find something to do again, for example, and you have this kind of passion, 18 hours a day don't feel like work yeah. because it's passion. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's a it's a lifestyle. Yeah, no? it is because you're fully engaged. You're yeah. fully engaged. You're 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 harmoniously congruent with what you're doing. You're not, you know, your mind is centered. You're able to focus on on the task at hand. You're not you're not worrying about not achieving it. You're not you know distracted by other things because it's your passion. You're going straight through it, and you're going straight exactly. through it. Following that vision, so wow. Exactly. So uh, so biggest goal is you know um, what can I do to help my kids get the same chance. Um, to, to live their dreams like I do. First of all, I have to, I, w- I would like to help them identify um, where their true talents lie, you know? Yes. Um, whatever it is, if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's numbers, if it's painting, if it's, if it's music, if it's sport, it doesn't matter, you know? But giving a, a human being a chance to identify uh, what they're good at, what they're having fun to do, because it's fun if you're doing something and, and, and you get better at it, you have, you have success, you know, and then it's, it's more fun. And, and, and if you're genetically de- uh, predisposed, you know, to be good in that particular movement, for example, well, then you have a chance to be great, you know, with a lot of other, with, to become great eventually with a lot of other uh, uh, factors that come into play. Mm. But first you have to find that, that thing. Yeah. And, and that's that, but that's, that, that's a, that's a, well, we're doing it at this, you know, right now, you know, talking, <laughs> talking here, you know, Certainly we're are. talking about, you know, you're doing this, you started this, this, this great podcast, for example, it's, that's something that you uh, just discovered you. for yourself or you, you're starting to discover that kind of passion. I, know, I feel yeah. the same because that's what, what drives you. So you can create something, this kind of environment for, for kids. And this is how schools should be built, you know? Um, yes. and, and that's also something I'm so interested about, you know, um, the way I came out of school, I did have no clue what I was good at other than being a, an athlete. You know, I had this passion, so I was really lucky, but school education didn't give me that feeling. I know what I have to do to be good at something because I found that passion already. And that's what school should be all about. Obviously yes. to have a certain minimum standard in the basic stuff that you have to learn in order to be educated in, in the modern world. in, in my opinion, yeah, absolutely. But first and foremost, what are you really good at? And then go work on that to be great. Yes. And, and we turn it around, you know, we, uh, what are you really bad at? And then now to try to push it up to meet, to meet average. 
and let's yeah. forget about the good Very stuff right. because you're good at that anyway already. Yes. So this is stupid. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely stupid. So why do we keep doing it every day? Everywhere, because anywhere. it's it's society, man. It's that's the way we've been raised, we've been conditioned. It's it's an it's an outdated system. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the education, the school education systems, have been around since what the eighteen fifties or something. I don't know. It's it's been it's it's ancient. So yeah. that, there needs to be a paradigm flip with that. So I mean, this is <laughs> I knew. And this then is you know, and then you talk about and then read the book uh, from a guy I follow um, for for quite some time now, and I really like is that Vishen Lakhiani, Code of an Extraordinary Mind. I, know, I don't know if you have, if you have Mind Valley, it. yeah, I know him. Yeah. Mind Valley, yes. it, but yeah, I do know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really, love, that, I really love that concept. You know, there is, he calls it <laughs> um, the BS rules, you know? The, that no, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, some, something like this. I, love that. Yeah, I, mean, I remember seeing the video years ago. <laughs> there's, there's certain rules in life that, uh, that uh, you have to follow because that's, that's just uh, rules of nature. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. pretty tough to change that. But yeah, everything true. else, you know, just because somebody, you know, it was good 50 years, 100 years, 200 years ago, doesn't mean it's still good. <laughs> you know, Jocko Willing can say whatever he wants. Some things are not I'm good. Not they, need be, <laughs> they need to be changed. They oh, need to be that changed. Oh, that's so funny you just said that. <laughs> They'll become yeah. actors now. <laughs> so, so I think you know uh, what can what can uh, anybody anybody do? You know, have you have a choice pretty much every day to change things about yourself, you know, mm. um, and you don't have to accept things like they are, you know. And it's it's tough. There's a lot of resistance well, for sure, you know. Yeah. Like doing this podcast and and starting my podcast, you know. Um, I have to laugh. I have to, I really have to laugh about this. I was kind of a public person in, for the last 20 years in, 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 in the business of hockey and yeah. especially in Europe or in, in Austria. So, how so do you people, exactly? yeah, people, people knew me. I had to, I, I was playing a certain, you know, I was playing a certain role, you know, people were looking up to me, especially kids, you know, you're this kind of role, you want to be this kind of role model in your sport, you know, and, uh, and, and, so you always try to um, represent uh, yourself in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and uh, then again, doing stepping, that was my comfort zone. I was really comfortable doing that. I know how to play that game. Um, nobody cared about the person behind it. That's, that's uh, how, what we all do. In, you know, even, even I do it with other yeah. celebrities or and movie stars or even yeah. other athletes, you know. Um, but, you know, you see that you have that projection of, of, of a person, uh, but he's just playing a role in his, in his, uh, in his uh, sport. He's like an actor in his sport, you know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, um, uh, what happens if you, you know, and you try to keep that picture alive, you know, and if you step out of it, you know, you run, you, you, you run the danger of getting exposed of who you really are <laughs> or, you know, to make a fool out of yourself. They call, that, um, they call that imposter syndrome, don't they? That's the, they've actually coined a term for that now. It's called imposter syndrome. And it's exactly. basically having fear that people are going to find out who you are and you're not this incredible, perfect, you know, false image that everybody believes you to be. And that's, you know, I actually spoke about this in, in a previous episode. It was like, yeah. you know, people aren't perfect. We're not perfect. We're flawed individuals. Like, you know, we have to embrace that. So that's essentially what, what you're kind of saying there. Yes, exactly. And, and what I... Um, what helped me a lot uh, through my, my, my process of becoming a, a better human being, you know, which is one of my goals, you know, get better at what I'm doing, uh, regardless what it is, mm. um, but is uh, um, stepping out of my comfort zone and confronting myself with things that I've never done before. Because 
I believe that, you know, whatever it is, you know, I want to feel that feeling. I want to, I want to feel that in my body and try it and then make a decision if I like it or not. If it's something for me, if it's something, I rather experience something through failure than not experiencing it at all because of my fears of, you know, um, getting looked at as I'm that, you know, that idiot or that fool, or why did you do that? And, you know, the reason why I took this course now, for example, like why I've tried to, uh, starting a podcast and, and is, is also that because I am on the same level with everybody else, who cares, you know, no, no. what I have done or you have done in the past, who cares? No. You're Nigel Miller. I am Dita Kalt, and that's <laughs> it. We have, of course we have, a, we have a baggage uh-huh. to carry. And we have, <laughs> Past that we should not forget it, and this this made us who we are, and this made me who I am right now. Absolutely. But on this level, I'm just the same like everybody else. So yes. I can learn so much talking to you and Turk, you know, from all the stories from other people, and develop. <sighs> and and, and it's gonna turn out I'm gonna be better than before. That's learn something and maybe find something new that I'm I can be good at. And everybody else who is saying even my environment. Now he's totally lost it. What the hell is he doing? Vision Lakiani, what is my what is he talking about? Ryan Rose? Come on, what are you doing? You know, yeah, yeah, no. it's but that's, that's because that's they're not, not aware of it. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's just I love this. I can't like I'm just so happy having this conversation with you, man, because yeah, it's like I just think people need to wake the you know, wake up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, this false perpetuated media-driven consumerist, you know image that everybody's you know trying to live up to and that you know following these celebrities celebrity worship i mean yeah. celebrity worship i mean people are following these celebrities and these celebrities are cheating on their, their part or whatever now don't get me wrong look i've nothing against celebrities i'm not saying that a lot of them are very you know you know very uh, eloquent and stuff like that and humble or whatever but it's just this kind of uh, it's nearly like it's it's not about the person it's about the fame it's like people are, are obsessed with this fame like this being famous and you know but they don't give a shit about the person like yeah well there's i i i'm 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 lucky to know a, a few of those uh, celebrities you know especially in this in the sport world you know and not everybody is happy with that role you know that's just part of what they have to be or how they how they are sold you know yeah. um as as a product pretty much but has nothing to do with what they're actually doing you know everything is is they're really happy with really happy with you know once you're in the rink, once you're on the field, mm. that's you, you know. And it's not about the money, it's not about the fame. It's uh, nobody cares. And I tell you what, you know, is look at the Stanley Cup right now, and it's the Stanley Cup playoffs are 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 going on in, in North America at the moment, the NHL playoffs, mm. and all of those guys are multimillionaires and huge stars in the, in the sport, you know. Yeah, I tell you, for winning that cup, lifting that cup at the end, you know. Oh, I don't know how many would just rip their contract and say, I don't care, you know, just <laughs> give me a chance to win, you know, because this is the kid speaking, you know, just the competition and being, being as good as you possibly can be, you know, and then there's yeah. the business side to it, you know, um, of course, that's also important, you know, but what I'm saying is, you know, there is a, it's, it's too much, it's too much fake. It's too much fake. And, and right. if you, and, and if we, but if we have a, if we have a chance to give something, to teach something to our kids, you know, the way we, we teach them when they are trying to be role models for them when they are young, yeah. the teaching is not even the right word, but you know, helping them, leading. helping them Correct. develop, yeah. leading, yeah. yeah, is to get a, a healthy view on things, you know, and 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 my personal experience with really really um, successful people is that uh, they know where they came from, yes. you know, 
They know, they know that, that what they had to do to achieve this kind of success and they overestimate themselves. You know, they find it kind of funny that everybody else thinks how great they are when they know they're not, you know, mm. they're just good in doing something specifically, really good at something. Yeah. But privately they have, you know, both feet on the ground. And that's what I, what I, what I have the greatest respect, the higher you go up for my, um, the less, uh, is that the right term? The less assholes you, you meet. <laughs> oh, the, la the less, the less assholes you mean. You mean, you know, especially in team sports, you know, who wants to spend time with an idiot every day <laughs> and who's enjoying it? Seriously. I know. Seriously. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I and it's the same, it's the same in the little team, the little league teams or in, in you know, you playing, you know, soccer with your friends, you their buddies on Thursday night or, you know, over a beer. It's yeah. the same thing like it is in the show, in the, in the big leagues. It's the same, you know, who wants to be in the yeah. same room with guys they don't like, you know, or they no, don't exactly. respect. Well, respect is a big thing, you know, obviously you don't have to like somebody, but you can respect them yeah. and you work together on a certain cause. But on a human level, you know, yeah. it's much more enjoyable to be on a team uh, with people that you like and that are friendly mm. and normal then yeah. with guys that think that just all right, you, know, you just had a little bit too much of themselves, you know. Yeah, but it it comes back to ego, doesn't it? It comes back to ego. Yeah, people. Like, yeah, but yeah. You no, know, I mean that's what it is. It's arrogance because you know they're like, oh yeah, and I, I don't know. It's like I think it, it boils down to insecurity at the end of the day because they, yes. they don't. It they kind of don't. They don't feel deep inside that they deserve where they are. And yeah, maybe. arrogance is, you know, they kind of act out because of that as a result. So I mean, yeah, it's just, it is just fascinating. But people like that never kind of. They never, they never last, do they? No. Well, in team sports, well, there is, there is some examples. You have to be really, really, really good, you know, to be, <laughs> you know, exceptionally good to, to survive uh, not being a good person in, teams, in team sports. And the one second then you, that, that, that your performance uh, goes down, you're mm. dropped like a, like, a, like a hot stone, you know. <laughs> it's the truth. Because at the end, you know, some, there's a group of people working together for the same goal to, to reach some kind of success and everybody has to fill out a certain role. Mm. Um, so you have to chip in and, and privately, I don't have to spend time with somebody I don't like. So it might not be fun going in there, but it still can work for a certain period of time. Yeah. But if anybody has the chance, you know, to kick out the guy who's, yeah. uh, you know, who's not contributing in a, in a, in a social way, yeah. then he's, he's out or she's nope. out for sure. Out of sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good <See> riddance yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant man I love that I love uh, that um, so yeah no it's just fascinating I mean and I suppose it, it comes down to kind of coherence as well because like the more coherent something is the more the more strong the stronger it is you know it's like it's just that focused intention that comes back to again with regards to like people working together you work together you grow together you evolve together you 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 pick each other up you know if one one person is down you pick them up you use the, the power of the of the collective to lift from the bottom you know lift the ones underneath that might be having a bad day or whatever yeah you know that's that's how it's done and i think i think society needs to kind of wake up to that fact and just kind of flip the paradigm on it and realize that the old ways they're not really they're not really working anymore like you know especially with regards to what you were saying about uh you know leadership and stuff like that well if you if you're building if you're building teams you know and 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 that's part of what i what i'm doing or, and what i want to do in the future also a reason why why um I having my uh, my own show is because many people don't have that feeling of functioning teams never had that feeling growing up how yeah. it feels to have success together being um, part of something. And, and, and that being part of something uh, socially, 
Mm. It's really strong. A lot of businesses are built uh, um, of this, like multi-level marketing uh, businesses, for example, are built that community uh, feeling doing mm. something good together. But the sports is the sports is the same way. Um, if you don't have that feeling, um, then you can't be attracted by by somebody who knows. You know that you can't get a lot of guidance from somebody who comes from that world. You know, and there's you know there's a lot of guidance to be to be given. Um, at the same time, you know. Um, giving is such more, such, a, such a better feeling than, than, than taking, you know, on a team as well, yes. you know, the, and, and the, the secret of success really, well, my personal experience, you know, and I don't know much, but some things I know, um, from personal experience again. I love your um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and that came from, um, um, I had, uh, I, I had this, uh, um, um, unbelievable journey really in, in, in pro sports. I did not reach my, my biggest goal um, that I set for myself when I was a little kid or dreaming of. Um, but that did, didn't really matter because what I learned on the journey is that it is about the journey and not about the goal, you know? Being in that moment and dealing with what, what you can influence. So there's a, there's a way to prepare yourself to be ready for, for success, you know? But then there's all the factors that you cannot influence um, or you think you cannot influence, mm. but the mental game behind it, how much you can influence with your mindset, yes. with your preparation of how to deal with problems, how to step yes. around problems, how to let loose, yes. how to know your place on a team, how to work for yourself and how, and how, how to understand that giving, you know, the more you give, the more you get back. Yes. And this is yeah. beautiful because this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. You know, the mindset, that's the, the personal psychology, the, the mental toughness. I mean, all these different things that, you know, you can utilize to, to you know, improve your performance to, to get to those, you know, high performance levels. I mean, can you share a little bit with the listeners, like what sort of, uh, you know, mental training that you have kind of done and, you know, that you could share with someone listening? Well, it's, it, that's, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny question because, you know, now as I got older, you know, and, and I have to say when, you know, back in the time when I started, uh, when I became a professional athlete, a lot of things that are in place right now in teams, they were non-existent back then, you know, yeah. uh, now all the professional sport teams, they have their psychologists and, and, and their yes. nutritionists and their physical trainers and all the like a specific positions roles filled with specialists. Mm. Um, back then it was, you know, uh, the coaching staff was maybe two people, you mm. know, and, and, and they had to be specialists for everything. And, and, and the athlete had to deal with uh, a lot of stuff, uh, alone. Now he can get help. And, and now the importance of the mental game, you know, not, not now, not recently, but you know, for, for many years now, but it's getting more and especially in, in, in single sports. Um, it's been, it's been there for a long time, but in, in, in uh, um, team sports, it was, it was non-existent, but in team sports, you know, have a concussion. What, what do you mean concussion? What do you mean? Headache? Come mm. on, suck yeah. it up. Let's go. You know, if you're not, if you're not lying there, if there's no blood, for example, and it had, you know, if there's no bones <laughs> sticking out, so what the, what are you doing? Come on, stop pretending. Let's go. Get, yeah. And, put a plaster on and get back in the game. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's in, 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 there's a lot of good to it, you know, uh, regarding mental toughness and, yeah. and, and sucking it up, you know, yeah. A lot of stupidity talking out of this too, awesome. that, you know, yeah, you have to take things seriously and really take a closer look because this is a serious issue. Mm. You know, 
how to deal with mental problems, pressure, and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, how to prepare, especially kids who want to take that path, prepare them on the road, what is necessary. You know, all they care about is playing with the ball and being creative, you know? Mm. Um, they don't think about the business when they're 14, 15 years no. old. That's something that is brought to them from the outside, maybe from their parents, maybe from agents, or maybe from, from the news or from what they see on social media, you know, all the bling bling, everything that you need, you know, if you're a star, you know. Mm. Um, uh, it, seems, it seems to be anyway. So they need guidance that prepares them for life much more than it prepares them for becoming a good player. You know, but there are specialists for that, but you need the specialists that guide you along the yes. way to get ready for the rest. So, you know? so true. So, and so and true. This, is, this is where sports is the perfect school for life. You know, then the, the, approach, the approach really should be become a professional for life. And that's what you learn in sports. And that, that gives you the ability to be good in your professional sports. But in professional, I mean, just the way you look at things, how you approach, how to make a plan, how to follow up to your plan, how to, well, you know, as you come out of school and you're starting to work somewhere or you're starting to go to university, you know, how to organize yourself, how to find friends, how to deal with this and this, everything you learn if, you, if you're guided, you know, on mm -hmm. a, at a young age and become professional, um, to become professional in life, you know, and this kind of mindset that you're learning, um, and all the techniques that I used over the years, now they are taught in uh, special classes from mental trainers and they have scientific names to it, you know, and I went to those classes and now, cause I'm really interested in, 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 in enhancing performance in a way, what can I do um, just to be better every day to get the edge um, over my own uh, opponent because everybody is trained. Everybody can do what I can do technically. So where is the edge that I can get? Is it nutrition? Is it this? Is it this? Is it the mental, especially the mental game? I think that, that that's, that's the biggest part. And you find out that through the years, um, I developed all those techniques for myself mm. naturally, you know, um, what I used, you know, to, to zoom in and certain, you know, when, when you, when you hear, when you talk about uh, um, um, why some guys perform when, it's needed the most and some guys just crumble. They're great all the way to the deciding moment yeah. and then they crumble. And some guys might be average, but they rise to the occasion. Every time yes. then, when, you know, yes. when, when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, you know, <laughs> when, when the going gets tough, then the tough get going. There's a stupid saying in, 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 in hockey, you know, the going gets tough, the tough gets uh, get going. Mm. But it's true. But it's mostly the mental ability, um, the, the, um, and the, how you call it, the trust in your own abilities that you build up and not uh, uh, because somebody else told you how good you are because mm, of the work you, know. you put in, because of all the repetitions over the years that you put in, you know, yeah. that somebody can wake you up three o'clock at night and you're going to be flawless in what you're doing. And that has something to do with the uh, myelin around the nerves, <laughs> you know, the nerves in your body, there's science behind it, you know, oh, practice, yes. practice in many ways makes perfect, but, Training the mind here, that's something, you know, being able to focus when you need to, being able to slow everything down to, um, you know, when the crowd is cheering or booing most of the time, you know, um, that's when, when some people are able to take away all the noise, you know, slow it down, really focus on what they have to do, and then they have a chance to uh, succeed. Even then, it doesn't work all the time.
but working on this and that, that's what I used a lot you know visualization for sure you gotta have the picture in your head all the time about what you're gonna achieve and you repeat it over and over and over again and and I have and, and also I have a technique um, uh, for myself how I deal with bad thoughts for example because I really think I really believe that what you put out there thinking and speaking um, eventually it comes back to you yes um, um, and uh, so if you lie, if like lying in bed, for example, at night, this is a prime example. After a long day, you had a shitty day, whatever, you know, with problems with your family, with your wife, with your kids, in work, at work, um, whatever, you know, your thoughts come into your mind, you know. And uh, sometimes it's bad thoughts that might you keep, you know, keep you away from sleeping. You can't fall asleep because those thoughts are keep coming back, coming back. So what I use really is just like a pretty simple visualization that, you know, there's a bad thought coming. I put a picture to it and I'm like, okay, I'm like, like the police officer or the, there's a, there's, you know, I put a wall around my, around my brain. You know, if this bad thought comes one time, I have this picture in my head. If it comes again, there's just no stop. You're not allowed in here. Or I, you know, like catching the ball and like a soccer player and kicking away that, that thought, you know, into eternity and, and built like a shield, like, like Harry Potter. Oh, you know, I love this, that, man. This magic wand, oh, you know. I love that. Nothing, nothing comes back to me. It's, it's like a professional hockey player and listen to what you're saying. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's like kids, you know, it. but it, it works. <laughs> but it works. I, I don't, I, and I try to keep to teach my kids, you know, when they come, they, they wake up after nightmares, for example, and we talk about it, you know, the next day. Yeah. And I try to teach them the way, you know, if, especially if they come, you know, like, uh, I don't want you to die and stuff like this, oh. stuff like this. Like, okay, what, what are you saying to a four-year-old or five-year-old or six-year-old, mm. you know, he's starting to describe, okay, this is the natural way. This is how life goes. You know, that's not going to help so much, you know, mm, exactly. and, but, but trying to give them the tools to work with, you know, um, not getting sucked into that negative spiral of thinking, you know, yes. not ignoring that something bad is there. You have to deal with it, you know, not, not saying, okay, it's not happening. It's well, it is happening. Yes. Mm. But you have to have a certain way of dealing with things that make it a lot easier. Another way I'm thinking is, you know, um, there's a lot of resistance on the way, you know, you're getting slapped in the face every time before you succeed. Well, everybody's seeing, you know, the, the good things that happen. Mm. And you've, you've, yeah. you've heard it in the course yes. too. It's the same everywhere in life, you know, you yeah. present the success, you know, you yeah. don't show the failure. How many times, you know, you, you show when you hit the, you know, the hammer to the nail, it's in, it's in the wood, you know, it happened. Yes. For the first time, but mm. how many times did you actually yeah. hit your thumb on the way or drop the nail, you know? And it's the same pretty much, uh, it's the same pretty much everywhere. Mm. But you have to understand, you know, this, uh, this culture of failure that you're not, you're not, not afraid, that only through this failure comes your success. You know, succeed, you know, try, try to fail better next time. Exactly. Much, no? And the thing is, if, 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 you've, if you haven't succeeded or, or whatever you believe success to be in, like, you haven't tried enough times yet. You haven't failed enough. You know, you have, you have to fail to succeed. You have to fail until you succeed. Well, you it's, it's, whatever, yes, yes. Whatever it means for everybody, you know. Um, I don't think there's a general rule. You know, everybody has to have this, his own definition of success. And that's where it comes to, for many people, the feeling that you're not enough, maybe, because yeah. of what you get presented, what's supposed to be success every day, everywhere. Yes, yes, you know? yes. yes. 
So not everybody has to be a professional athlete in order to be a good human being, you know? Just because one guy can kick a ball or hit the tennis ball or something like this, well, this is admirable because, you know, the, the way he does it, the technique and all the practice behind it, great. And if he's a great person, you know, unbelievable, nice. But that doesn't mean anything in the world outside this court. There's so many other things that are important and that other people are good at, but they don't, they don't see it. They don't believe it. Mm. And, uh, and so that's, that's part of my calling, uh, so to speak, you know, being like that guiding light um, that I wished I would have had, you know, starting when I was young. That's exactly what mine is as well. That's it's, yeah. it's the exact same thing. It's like, cause all the, you know, you search for answers, you search for answers, you search for advice from older people. And a lot yeah. of times you get let down, you know, yeah. you get let down by people. And it's like, yeah, it's like, if you can be that person and, and facilitate that, that what you needed yeah. back then, I mean, this, it's so rewarding. Yeah. So what I, what I can do, what I can only talk about my own personal um, experience because I know how it feels in my bones. I have been there and I have done that. And that's not only related to one sport. That's, um, that's related to a whole area of every, everywhere in the world. It's the same thing. You know, it's parents or kids dealing with the parents or parents dealing with the kids and everything that comes, you know, getting pushed to dance classes or getting pushed to soccer lessons or because the dad wanted to be a soccer player himself and he, he, he couldn't make it for some, yeah. whatever reason, you know, you see that pressure on, on kids. So there's a lot of guidance or mentoring to be, to be um, given to parents actually, or they, they didn't have maybe talented kids and they don't know how to handle it. Um, so that's, that's one part where I'm, where I, I focus on. The next part is I focus on, I focus on kids that are, that have that kind of, um, abilities that make it possible for them to go a certain way and if they really choose to it then they need the guidance of what to, what steps they have to take in life really other than the sport do your sport you know i can help you with the training and everything that's that's fine you know but more important the guidance um, for the steps next to it and then the third part is you know you are a professional already um, you are successful more or less already but still you know there's a lot of guys who are like 23, 24, 25 out there who seem to be having everything under control, but. Oh yeah. Well, that's, well, that, that's what's, yeah. that's what's expected in a sense. You know, people are supposed yeah. to go around with a mask on, pretend yeah. that everything's perfect. And <clears throat> I think that's what contributes to a lot of, you know, depression and yeah. anxiety and, and feeling unworthy. You know, there's, yeah. there's many articles, there's many articles right now. Um, there's, you know, there's research, research because a, a depression with, young athletes is increasing and that's on a high school level already you're talking about 15 16 year olds you know mm. and because it trickles down from the pro sports that kind of um, pro sport approach in, in in youth development already which is which is building so much you know it's building up so much pressure instead of uh, taking it the other way maybe you know uh, looking at the development of humans first and then focusing of developing professional in, in, in certain uh, specific areas. Absolutely. And my thoughts on that is that, I mean, sports are a part of life. Okay. They're just, they're one part of life. So surely it's better to focus on, you know, create, you know, building someone up for, for life because then, you know, yeah. if they're built up for life, well, then they're, they're built up for sport. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The philosophies. It's the mental philosophies. It's the, it's the ability to cope emotionally and, you know, and to project yourself, you know, in whatever way you wish and yeah. in a way that's beneficial to you, you know? And uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%.
Well, there's, I don't think you can argue much about the beneficial aspects of leading a healthy life, you know, mm. moving, feeling good about yourself, uh, um, and eating good food, taking care of yourself, of your well-being. I mean, uh, what kind of arguments do you have against that? <laughs> I'd love to hear them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is an absolutely fantastic conversation. Um, tell us about your kids. Tell us about your four kids and and how they, uh, you know, how they, how they kind of push you forward and how they they inspire you. Well, they inspire me quite a bit because they they put my feet back on the ground uh, really quickly when I get ahead of myself. You know, feeling good about myself. Well, then spend a couple hours with my kids, and then you know uh, what you don't know. Um, they, well, they hold the mirror in front of your face, uh, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what they, how they, the, the biggest impact they had was, you know, of course, you know, I was really egocentric, um, being a professional athlete. Everything, everything was about me feeling good to be able to perform. That's how I, that's how I planned my whole day or my my whole year. And everybody with me on that journey had to live my life pretty much. And that was uh, my, my girlfriend back then, now my, my wife, you know, she was uh, really successful in what she was doing back then already, but she had to kind of give up what she was doing in order to be able to follow my path, you know, and that was, you know, there was no question about it, what I going to do, you know? Um, so I really, and, and now I see it differently. Back then I had a different view on, on things, but when, when the kids come, when the kids came, you know, in that second, I held my... <laughs> the oldest one of my twin girls in my hands or saw her face for the first time, I kind of, me disappeared, you know, there Mm. was no me anymore. There was no ego anymore. It was not important. I couldn't care less about myself, um, which was not good for my career (laughs) for sure, but it was good for my, it was good for me as a human being for sure. It totally shifted uh, perspective. Wow. Uh, and, then, and then comes just a normal, just a, you know, I had many friends that, you know, wow, wait till you have kids. When I had my daughter, you know, some friends were saying I had the best year of my career, you know, scored 35 goals that career, you know, just because of that, you know, that great feeling, that rush, my little girl and everything, you know, great, mm-hmm. you know, when my, <laughs> when my twins came, oh my God, by the time I hit Christmas, I had no energy left whatsoever. <laughs> because they never slept. They never slept. You know, they came yeah, kind of early and it was, it was unbelievably long days. And I, you know, I shared with my wife, you know, many guys you know, like, okay, the girls take care of the kids because I have to be able to perform, which is, you know, if you're a provider of the family, it's your job. You know, it's kind of hard to mix everything. You need rest. Mm-hmm. But in our case, it was not possible. So I was uh, involved 100% and then it just ran out of energy. So that kind of shaved off a couple of years of my career, probably um, having the kids, but it gave me so much. It gave me so much more. It gave me so much more, you know, there's it, talking about the higher costs, you know? Yeah, of course. And I mean, that just that sense of fulfillment, because I, I often think about that, like having, you know, I'm 36 now myself and, <clears throat> um, you know, I see my, I see my, some of my friends posting their kids on Facebook and I'm like, oh, they're so cute. I'd love that. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm seeing it there and kind of the desire is there, but it's like, I haven't experienced that yet. What it's like to have a little, you know, a little being that you, you have to look after. And there must be like, I mean, that sense of protection, the way I'd imagine it is like, you're just like, you're just so, con- you have such conviction to protect them and to, to care for them. I mean, can you talk a little bit? No, it's, 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 you know, it's like one of those things your dad probably told you 
wait till you experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. You know, say whatever you say, you know, I know better, you know, you and your young guy, you know, full of energy and, and somebody gives you advice, you know, yeah. <laughs> this thing, but in your mind, okay, yeah, yeah, I know better. Well, yeah, exactly. now until you feel it yourself, you have no idea how it feels. It's hard. It's really hard to, to, uh, to uh, relate to. Yeah. But it's, you know, if you were to relate, you know, to ask, you ask to. any, ask, and I don't, I don't, I cannot see how people anywhere in the world would feel any different. You know, um, you know, you would give up your life any second if you could protect your kid or you make sure your kid is, is, is being well taken care of, you know, look into those eyes, you know, it, it just changes everything. At the same time, they absolutely drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Seriously, they teach me. You know, uh, so many times I stand in front of the mirror and I uh, talk to my wife, you know, I'm 44 years old now. <laughs> and how weak, how bad can you be? You know, how, what, an, who am I? You know, I cannot, you know, how can, how can I lose my nerves, you know, with a four-year-old that I love more than anything else, or with my two-year-old or, my, or my, my other, you know, two older ones, you know, that challenge me so much. Yeah. All they do pretty much is hold the mirror right in front of my face, you know. Um, if I'm stressed out, or if you're stressed out, you know, uh, there's a lot of work, you're exhausted, or you're mad about something, for sure when you get home and, you've, and you, you're hoping that, okay, I just get my quiet time now, I need to unwind a little bit, it's going to be hell at home, you know, it's going to be full steam, even worse than because they, they show you right away. You know? And do you think that's because of how you're showing up in those, in those instances, like, because I heard uh, one, one of the top personal development guys in the world, Brendan Burchard, he talks about like <clears throat> kind of pausing before you go into the house, you know, sitting in the car and yeah. kind of se segment intending, you know. Yeah. What, no, what that's, I think that's huge. Up. I think that that should be huge. Then that was something that I was, I was missing. The way, the, the way that I lived in the last couple of years was like three minutes away from work. Okay. So uh, that, was, that was positive in a way because I keep forgetting my keys everywhere for some reason. So I go to the office for, you know, to catch a meeting and then in, in, at office, you, you, you know, if, ah, damn, I my keys, you know, go back home. It takes me like five minutes. So that, that was the positive part of it. The negative part of it, you know, you, you're getting, you know, you're, you're emotionally stressed and you take it home. There's no, there's no, yes. there's no way to unwind unless you take that break on purpose, mm. you know, and that's huge because really everybody, you know, we're all connected. And, and especially people, uh, especially kids are so much more sensitive yeah. um, that they feel something you don't have. You can't play. They look right through you. You know, you can't, you can't pretend. The kids know when the parents are, are, are happy or sad. You know, they just know. Maybe they don't have a way to express. But the way they're expressing is they show you, you know, they hold the mirror right in front of your face. You know, so that's, that's uh, that sensitivity that is lost when you get uh, many times when you get older. The kids have that. It's just, it's so incredible though, isn't it? Like, I mean, as someone that, logically speaking, you think that, <clears throat> you know, they've no life experience, they've no knowledge, they, they haven't, you know, they haven't lived, like, and it's like, but no. at the same time, they've got intuitive ability to read you better than you can read yourself. No, I, I, I totally changed my view um, on kids, you know, uh, because I was, you know, we were lucky that we have nine-year-olds and we were really, you know, we wanted to have, we were wishing for one healthy kid, you know, in our family. So we ended up having twins the first time. And, and then suddenly, you know, a couple of years later, my wife got pregnant again. 
And it was supposed to be twins again, but then, you know, something happened just in the beginning of pregnancy that, you know, that we had one more girl and you appreciate, you know, you see the, the new baby in, with different eyes because you have the experience of the first, of the first ones, how to take care, you know, when you, when you prepare yourself for the, your first kid, you know, mm. you read all the books, you get all the advice everywhere. And then you walk out of hospital and you get home and we're like, with my wife, we're like carrying the kids and we're like, okay, what oh, are we going to no. do now? <laughs> <laughs> no clue whatsoever. You know? Now we're home. Okay. Uh, so this is how we started, you know, yeah. we were so prepared. And uh, so with the next or so, one, or so you taught. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so with the next one, a couple of years later, you know, with all the with the, all the experience, it's it is different, and kids learn from kids much more than learn from 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 us. We don't have to educate them. We just, you know, and I really believe that I make the same mistake all the time. You know, you don't mm. have to be smart about anything. Just be a good role model because they copy paste. They copy paste. Yes, copy they paste. Absorb. Yeah, like a, like a sponge, like a sponge. And then if I look at the fourth one now, since we cannot, we cannot uh, distribute attention um, uh, equally all the time, and mm. they're all different, you know. Obviously, the, the smallest one, the baby, you know, is more in danger than the nine-year-old. So we have to take care of this. So they have mm. to find that role, the new role again. And that's, and where, the, that's where that comes from, though, isn't it? You know, the, the feeling, you know, the way I have, like... Uh, the older child kind of feels like the neglected one or the middle child feels like the neglected one because they're not getting the attention. But yeah. the reason they're not getting most of the attention is because the younger one is the, the you know, the more, yeah, well, uh, more vulnerable one. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's something what, what, what my wife and I, we're trying to teach them too, you know, that, you know, they had their time when they had 100% attention. And now we have to shift the time. And now we have to give it, you know, we, there's different times in the day or in the week for all the kids to get 100% attention if we manage to, you know. But, you know, the happiest the kids are, you know, from, and I'm no expert on, you know, I have, we have four kids, but, you know, there's so many, so many days where we're like, oh, what are we doing? We have no clue. But there is, there is experience. And, and if, if, if my wife and I are happy together and we have time for each other and we are centered, aligned, you know, and we are, you know, we don't carry too much baggage, then the kids are happy, you know, wherever we are, the kids come eventually and they lie around and they play, they want to be, they want to be close. And if something is not right between us, then it's chaos at home, you know, and the little one and the little one at the end, you know, he's so much quicker and faster in picking up stuff than, than all the other kids, you know, because we cannot give so much attention. Um, So he has to take care of himself and he learns from his, uh, from his, uh, um, Sisters, yeah. and don't underestimate those little those little humans. <laughs> Never underestimate. They're smart. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like adulthood can learn from childhood. You know. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. 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 And I love just just watching just watching kids how curious they are about everything, how they're learning. You know. And, and, you know, my biggest, you know, my biggest goal or one of my biggest goals, how can I preserve that kind of feeling or this kind of curiosity for my kids as long as it's, you know, as it's possible, because then, you know, that just looking at them when they hit, when, when they hit those certain phases of super learning ability, you know, Mm. I don't know if I'm using the right term, but if you really watch your kids close and I was, 
I was lucky enough to be, and most of the guys are, or most of the people are not because the kids are with other people most of the time all day long, you know? Yes. So you don't really see your kids growing up, growing up, up close, you know, what they do all day. So um, if you're really lucky and you can really spend quality time with your kids and, and, and enjoy it, then, then uh, you find out that there is certain, certain phases in their development where, where nice. uh, at least nice. with my kids, where they develop a certain um, curiosity about a specific skill. Let's say painting or reading or, or, or putting things together or maybe learn to walk on hands or doing, you know, like <laughs> movements, <laughs> movements. Yeah. And, and if, you start seeing, if you start seeing that, you know, there's like this open window in, in development where the body is super receptive to uh, information. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and if you push in that direction and you see, okay, this is what they really enjoy, they're really good at, and now you give it to them all the time as long as they need it, you know, that's how super skills are developed. Yes. And they learn ter- 10 times fast. And then this, and this phase vanishes. And I see it with my kids all the time. You know, I had a, a couple months ago with my older one. Um, she's very athletic and very skilled. You know, um, um, she has no... Uh, no intention of being good in something, you know, but she has the, all the Actually, tools. So, so yeah. for half a year or for like, like three or four months, you know, she was walking on hands more than she was walking on her <laughs> all day long. It drove me as, oh as much as I loved it. It drove me nuts <laughs> because it was in the middle of the kitchen. It was during, during <laughs> dinner, during, it was all the time, only on her hands, on her hands. You know? And she got really good at it too. You know, obviously. Because <laughs> you're doing it all the time. <laughs> so, but it started... And then it went away, you know, yeah. like there was a couple, there was a certain period of time and then she started doing something else. So if I would go give her to some club where she can, uh, um, gymnastics, you know, it should be, uh, she's good at gymnastics, you know, we, maybe, we, maybe she would like that, you know, yeah. um, that would have been the perfect time to introduce her to that kind of sport or movement. For example, she was super receptive to this. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you know playing the guitar or whatever, whatever. So you find out that, that there's there's a lot of truth behind the, this uh, this science if you only have time to spend with your kids. So what would you say then about homeschooling? Because uh, <clears throat> I've listened to a lot of guys talk about this kind of uh, the homeschooling revolution in the sense where you know parents are kind of learning how to to coach their kids at home, like basically being life coaches for their kids at home and and, oh. and teaching them the fundamentals that you were talking about about earlier and and building that strong foundation of personal development so that they can then you know have a much well, better vantage point when they do grow I, I would have to i would have to hire you as a as a, a home teacher me because my <laughs> kids my well <laughs> i couldn't teach my own kids because they would listen they won't li- you see that's the thing though isn't it it's like yeah I mean, if I, uh, well, maybe that's my personality too, especially with one, you know, that. But maybe but, that's only because of the experience. You know what I mean? I mean, if you'd started homeschooling them when, from when they were young, I'd just recommend to you go and research it yourself and just, just see if it is something that would resonate with you. Because, you know, it's basically proven that they are a lot more, uh, they just, they go further. Like they learn faster. They're, they're more receptive. They're more emotionally intelligent. They've got more of an ability to handle it, you know, so. No, I, I believe this 100%. Like say, if, if, if you, if. Well, how good can you be if you sit with 25 other kids in a room with one teacher at the age of 9, 10, 11, 12? If I, and I take it back to sports again, you know, mm. um, 
when, when we were trying to teach kids to learn how to skate or specific skills, you know, there was like the highlight of the, or the theme of the week or the month, for example, we say, okay, we really emphasize this kind of move and, uh, movement and the correction of this movement. And we don't care about the rest mm. because there's too much information, you know, with eight, nine, 10 year olds, you know, forget about it. It's one thing and that's yeah. it. And the rest should be fun. But, yeah. but, and that's the problem that most, you know, talking about developing top uh, um, performers, you know, mm. um, is, you know, you have a group of 25, 30 kids. Have you worked with 25, 30, nine-year-olds in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, on a soccer field or in a place? You know, all you do as a coach is trying to organize the group to get anything going because, you know, you're trying to show something and you really have to show kids how to do movements you know in sports for example especially techniques in 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 in, in hockey so mm. you have to be skating around you have to be helping kids you have to be really active you know you're turning your attention to one kid 10 seconds later there's three fights in the group one guy is missing because he went to the toilet and a couple guys they're doing the snow angels on the ice for example you know <laughs> so what kind of practice is that you know quality practice in an hour you're exhausted after you know after one hour and just but it wasn't a successful day because you were able to have a quite you know quite organized 60 minutes of practice really you need like five coaches on the ice with groups of five six seven at the most for example to have real quality training and that's the same in school too how are you i was in that i had 36 kids in in my class when i went to a, a gymnasium it's like the the Let's, let's call it high school, mm. high school. So there's one teacher, you know, 30 years old, just out of, you know, out of university, trying mm. to teach, you know, 35 kids, the same thing, different, different, you know, the one is sitting right in front of you, the other one is sitting 10 meters, 10 meters behind, not even hearing what you're saying, or, you know, getting distracted, many things, you know, and not interested, right. whatever. It's there's no chance. It's highly ineffective, yes. But what quality would you get if this is group of fives and fours and you're doing what, what you're covering, what they really want to do or what they're good at, at the certain time in their development. Let's say one is really good, receptive to mathematics, to math, for yeah. example. Yeah. You give them, and that's what Montessori, you know, that that kind of schooling um, uh, picks up on. That's where I, I put my kids into that kind of school because I know how much different they are in their development and, mm. and what, they're, what they're really good at and what they like, you mm. know. So one can be you know, work on their math skills, you know, as long as she wants, you know, and the other one is working on something else. And then it shifts again. And at the end, you know, they covered everything in any, anyways, you know, mm. but they became really good at something because they had the time and somebody could work with them up close and they could work on their skill, you know. Okay. Exactly. And the thing yeah. is, like, I, I just had this uh, flash of insight there when you said that, because I think the problem with the school education system is they have this kind of cookie cutter, one size fits all kind of, uh, you know, philosophy where they're, they're trying to basically use the same kind of strategies with, the, with different people, with different personalities, different individuals who see the, perceive the world in different ways and, you know, learn differently and at different levels, at different paces. And I just think yeah. they're trying to force on this kind of regurgitation of information. And yeah. it's not really, it's not really leadership. It's not really teaching in a sense. It's, it's more just kind of, you know, information. You know, this, this educational system, I mean, and I'm no, I, I'm no expert. I mean, I'm just a guy having his, having his thoughts about, do, um, about this, uh, you do. know, but, but obviously there is, a, there's a lot of, uh, um, 
and again, I come back to sports and the philosophy that you have. If you want to produce, and that's produce is just the wrong word again, wrong but word, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to enable greatness, yeah. yes, then you have to invest where investment is uh, the most valuable you know, yes. place to it. And that's young age, best yes. coaches to the kids. Yeah. And what happens everywhere? Where's the best, you know, what, what jobs pay the best and give the best reputation. It's only working with the adults, you know, where the, the flashlights are, where the fancy, the fancy happens, you know, where you can get, where you can make a career. It's a professional sports, for example, with the work with adults. How much do we pay our, uh, the teachers working with kids or the kindergarten teachers or, oh, or, uh, or coaches and trainers in, in youth sports, you know, mm. invest in an, an and only and only, you know, when I had the chance to work with uh, youth development as a head of player development in, in, in my club here and, uh, and the club that I, that, I, that I grew up with is the most, the most uh, prestigious or, or successful club in, in Austria. Um, uh, it's called the KAC, um, uh, one of the biggest, uh, the third biggest uh, team sports brand in Austria. There's two soccer clubs and, uh, and, and then there's this, this hockey club. So winning is always winning, winning, winning. You're used to it, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, um, when we're trying to change something in the respect of that, you know, we have to build a vision and what do we really stand for, you know. Mm. What do we, our kids want to learn for life and what values more than just the technical stuff. We're starting to rebuild that and, and just investing in coaches. And say, okay, what? Well, take the budget. That, this is what we have. Okay, this is what we have. Now we have to find a way to get money to where it's needed the most. It's going to give us the best benefit uh, for the kids and for the club in 10 years from now. Mm. It's just hire professional coaches, you know, with great values where you know what they can do, what they, that they love to play uh, to, to work with kids. Mm. and see what happens. So that's what we did. We worked with the three, four-year-olds with five, six, seven, eight coaches, pro coaches and pro players on the ice and every time they were on. And then and, and it went through the, all the age groups. So that doesn't mean everybody's going to become a professional player, but you saw the development over five years' time now. You saw the development in every age group that even the ones who were not talented for that specific motion but had fun and doing it anyway, they were well, welcome, that mm. they got a lot better. But imagine, of course, with the ones that had all the, the tools too, they got a lot better. But, and if you market, if you look at results, and results are not important at all for me in, in, in youth sports, you know, but you have to market results um, uh, also and not forget about because, you, you, you know, most of the people just are, look at results as a, as a measurement of success. Mm. Um, but it took the team, you know, the club five years to win to be Austrian champion in every single age group that there is competition in. 11, 12, 14, 16, 18, and tonight they're gonna play game six in the finals with the pro team um, and they're leading the series uh, 3-2. So there might be in this club, you know, in five years time, there might be champions in, in, in all age group except one with the farm team. Um, that we, you know, we play in a professional, they played in a professional level with a really, really young team, like uh, uh, where results are not um, possible in that age. But other than that, it's just simple investment in the people working with the kids, people that are, have the passion and the knowledge. It gives results within a couple of years. Well, that takes a commitment from leadership um, to invest there and to recognize what's going to be beneficial 
long-term and not what gives the best results to market in, in short-term. I think that's a huge problem everywhere. Yes, 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 yes. You don't want to have a, a long-term problem, you know, a long-term solution to a short-term problem. You don't want to have a short-term solution to a long-term problem. <laughs> and, and, and again, I think sports, isn't it the same everywhere? Yeah, I mean, of course it is. And, and who's picking up, who's picking up on, on, on that? There's a lot of smart people out there, you know, that have the same kind of thoughts and even better and a lot better ones um, than, than we two have right now in this conversation for sure, you know. Of course, Mary but <laughs> Yeah, well, there's not many maybe. <laughs> but a few, a few. So private schools, you know, private organizations are picking up on this because of, of course yeah. it all costs money. Mm. And, 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 uh, and, and people who have money can pay for this kind of uh, approach or education or attention for the kids. Mm. So is that, is that something that we want for that, that people or, or, or governments want for uh, their people? I think it's, it's a dangerous, it's, 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 it's not a good development, but it's happening mm. everywhere. You see it in the States, you know, um, I know I wouldn't be able to f afford good schooling in, for my kids in the States or, or good healthcare. I know it's crazy. The, the, the yeah. cost of education over there is, is just crazy. It's the, one of the highest yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, and I won't complain, you know, it's, it, it, you're bitching about the high level, but it's just general. Relative to the rest of the world, you know? Yes. What I, what I see, what I uh, have experienced through sports and it translates directly into, uh, into life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. So, I mean, like, because I follow uh, this guy I got in, really interested in, a high-performance kind of uh, mental toughness expert um, in the U.S., Steve Seabold, and he talks about um, coaches basically coaching through emotion instead of logic. Do you know anything about that? Well, well in team sports, for sure, there's, everything is, there's a lot of things built on emotion and decide it on an emotional level um, so can rather we, than logic. Yeah, can and, you talk into that and just kind of explain to people, explain to someone who's never heard about this concept before, just kind of explain how well, the emotion- Well, there, there's this saying, there's this, you know, there's this, there's this picture I saw, um, I don't even know if it's from him, but it's, uh, you know, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Everybody has a plan until he gets punched in the face to face. <laughs> oh yeah, I love you know, that. Have you heard, have you heard yeah, about of that? Yeah, yeah. And it's so and it and it's so true. You know, absolutely. Um, you can you can plan everything out perfectly, and then life happens. You know, and <laughs> somebody fucks up. <laughs> somebody doesn't do what he's supposed to do, that's and that's and, and and that's but that's the difference. Why hopefully computers won't take over everything. You know, ah, uh, because of the because of the human Bullshit. because of the human factor. Yeah. Because it's, everything is decided in teams um, in the, through the interaction of people, through empathy and through uh, um, yes, art. emotional intelligence. Emotional yes, intelligence. yes. Oh, and well, the biggest leaders on, on sports teams are the ones that, um, in my experience, are the ones who have this feeling. You know how to deal, people, uh, to deal with people, how to make people feel good, how to, how mm -hmm. to help without asking back, you know? Yes, how to build them up. Without an, without an agenda. Yes. You know? And the best coaches I had are the same, same thing, you know, mm. um, as a coach, um, especially in, well, kids, they feel it without, without saying it, you know, but especially mm. with, with professionals um, that, that have a lot of experience, um, if you're not your true self and you stand out, out there and say something, well, first of all, you, 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 you got to know your stuff, of course. If you're just pretending 
to know things, well, no chance, you know, <laughs> no chance. But if you're acting, then you're done. You're yes. done. They look right through you. You can fuck up as many times as, as you want, you know, or, you know, but show true emotions and, 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 and admit mistakes. You know, yes. the leader doesn't have to be the perfect person. No, the leader or, or, or the manager or, you know, the, the GM or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm the guy, the person in charge, I'm going to make the decisions. I have to make the decisions. So, and I collect all the possible information and I make decisions based on that. So if I fuck up and, and, so, and sorry for my... Ah, no, know, curse away, man. It's all good. It's, I'm, I'm getting carried away with it. You're the, expressing the, yourself, man. This is what it's about. You're expressing yourself. Yeah, well, if, 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 I make a mis if I make a mistake, I made it out of the uh, best intention. And I just, I can admit to that. And I don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but I'm still, I'm still the guy in charge for making the decisions. Yeah. You know? That doesn't matter. So smart leaders, they gather the, the smartest brains around them, people that are a lot, a lot smarter than, than them and gather all the information in hand. And this is how, how I work with teams too. You know, I'm the leader. I'm, I'm, I'm setting, I'm setting the, the framework, um, um, certain rules, sets of rules or processes that this is how we want to be. This is what, first of all, you know, this is what fits our personalities and our style, you know, or it fits the organization. This is what we want to represent. That's kind of the framework that you're building. So would you say, like, say, for example, the mission statement of, a, of an organization yes. or something like that, like the, exactly. the principles, That's, the values, yeah. the, the kind of moral, you know, the ethics or whatever um, of, well, of, a, of an organization, that would kind of tie into that as well. Kind people of have to know. Yes, people have to know what, the, what are we doing and why are we doing and it. why are we doing it. Exactly. Why are we doing it. <laughs> and then you find the right people that, that um, fit into that frame, you know. It's, it's, I think it's the wrong approach um, to build a frame um, uh, about the existing group of people. And so now we are this. This is our new identity. Trust Putting me. a label on it. Like, is that what you mean? Well, it might be. Well, you can do it, but you know, chances are it's never going to work because it only fits to 30% of the, of the people that you have with the, with the skill set they have or with the personality they have. You know, this yeah. is not us. Yeah. I can try to be like that, but it's not going to be the best version of myself. So, yeah, you know, as a, you know, if I have an existing group, you know, the smart, the smart guys, the smart way to do it, in my opinion, is, you know, you look at the group first. You know, what does this group, what can we actually achieve with this group? You know, if, if you put it in really simple terms, if you, if you can, if you don't have good skaters, yeah, well, if, if you put an identity that we're the fastest skating team in the league, well, mm, and you guys <laughs> can't skate, then, I mean, we can't skate, but they're not fast, then, you know, yeah. that's the wrong kind of identity. You know, we can always say we're the hardest working team, but there's certain criteria that have to be met. So you set the framework and then you let the guys have ownership within that framework because nobody wants to be told what to do and how to do it every day and, and day in, day out. They want to, you know, you have the feeling that you're creating mm. and you're part of something. You know? yeah. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. No, it's not fun. No. It can work, you know, everything can work for a short period of time. Mm. You, can, you can manage through fear, you know, putting everybody so, uh, so much under pressure that, you know, they're losing, they're so afraid of losing your job or getting yelled at or whatever. That's, that's, you know? how, that's how a lot of them operate, you know, it's through fear, the carrot and the stick principle, you know, the stick. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. fired if you don't fucking, you know, do what I tell you. And a lot of people, that's yeah, the way they're... It's done. Know. I know it's done. It's done many times, um, but it only works. It gets old pretty quick. <laughs> and if you don't have the chance, you can work that way. If you have a chance to pretty much change the group you're working with um, whenever you want. 
you know, mm. that it can work. It's not going to be fun for anybody. Everybody's going to be miserable. Nobody is going to be want to work for you. So you're going to have to pay a lot of money for people to work for you. Exactly. And you're going to have a high turnover rate as well because nobody's going to stick exactly. around. Exactly. What sort of a, exactly. what sort of a model is that yeah. like? <laughs> so, I, I prefer, I've seen this model and I've won. I, I was part of championship teams too that, that were, were the management and coaching worked with that kind of model. And that was working with that kind of model was really effective when you have is really effective when you have a group, an existing group of too many, too many leaders or alpha males, to, so to speak, you know, different personalities were, were, um, you kind of, you kind of, from a coaching perspective, you kind of, there's too much build, of a clash going on, isn't there? Yeah. You built like a yeah. common enemy. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't get along, you know, personally, or there's yeah. too much, oh, too much rivalry in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good to doing an something together. Yeah. But yeah. they have one common enemy and that kind could be the manager or the coach, you know, they hate yeah. the coach. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. brings the group together to be able to perform, you know, in, in what they should be. Doing. And I don't care if they get along and if they have fun, as long as they perform, you know, that works for, for a certain period of time. But for me, the best way is, uh, um, this Scandinavian way, you know, Scandinavian way. Okay, so Scandinavian uh, way was like uh, um, where players or athletes have a lot of ownership. You're trying, you're creating something together. This is, you know, you're setting your goals together. Everybody commits to it, and everybody is responsible for fulfilling the roles, and it's getting held accountable from the group, um, and not only from the coach. You're not only doing what the coach tells you. And the coach is not telling you what to do all the time. He intervenes. Yes. Mm. yes. The framework again is really important. I mean, things don't work there. You know, it has to be a certain way. Somebody is the boss at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah, of course. But you sit together with, uh, with the group, you develop your own style, you know, as a line, for example, or as a team, this is how we want to play this. this you know, you get op opinions and you commit to something together and then you go out and, 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 and execute, which brings a lot of ownership, you know, and a lot of responsibility and people that, you know, have to buy in and care, you know, then this, this model works and it's a lot more fun because when you have success then everybody was part of it, you know? Yeah. And you can share in that success together, you know, and yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so much more rewarding in that way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we were talking about the emotional leadership. You were asking, um, like I said, you know, on paper, everything looks great. X's and O's, but, but decided, you know, decided it, it is between people and that's pure emotion. That's pure emotion. And if you have, if you have good, if you have good players, for example, if you have, you know, if to reach a certain level, everybody has to be good in what they're doing. Like, you mean that, that, that basic in every aspect of being a professional athlete in that sport has to be there. If you don't, if you, if you're missing one criteria, you're really bad physically, you're never going to play in this league. If you're really bad uh, tactically, you're never going to you know, be as good as you want physically, but tactically, you're just not getting it. You're too slow processing, for example. You only mm -hmm. play up to a certain level, and then it gets too fast, and you know, it just passes you by. So there's certain criteria you have to meet in order to get your foot into the door. Mm -hmm. And then special skills are going to keep you in the league. You know, Something that you can fulfill your role better than somebody else that's what you're competing for for that one position there's not many guys who do it who who can do it all and are good in everything mm -hmm. but you have a certain skill set you know 
like a programmer in a, in a computer, in a, in a, in a developing a software developing. He's, you know, he's really good at doing that. That's why he's got the job. He's not good, you know, as a salesman, maybe, you know, that's why we have somebody yeah, in the sales course. team is, you know, and it's the same in, 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 in teams, you know, you assign certain roles and people, and, and the problem is sometimes getting people to accept the roles. That's a big factor, you know, mm. or you just have to be so smart or lucky to find people that, that fit into those roles you have to, you have to. And how, how do you, how do you kind of do that? How do you qualify people for those roles? <clears throat> Say you're presented with a group of people. How do you, how do you choose who does what? Well, some, some roles are pretty obvious. Um, you know, you're not, you're not building a team from scratch every year. So there are certain roles fulfilled maybe, or, you know, if you know, if you look at guys, if you know guys for um, over a certain period of time, you know what they're good at. Um, and, and it comes from their history too, you know, from, from their career. And they have been playmakers, you know, they're never going to they're always going to be playmakers, you know, on this kind of level or defensive forwards or defensive defensemen. But some of them might be stuck in a role that they were put in when they were, you know, younger and they, but they have something else in them that's still there, but they were never able to show, you know, and so then they kind yeah. of an innate ability that's, that's kind of, they have the potential, but it's never kind of been realized. Yeah, well, and some some coaches uh, some coaches are able to f to see this in players and develop it and and change the way you know some guys and they might excel in a different role even 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 better that happens. But you know, building building that team, you try to find people people that fit certain criterias, obviously, and that comes from scouting, from watching, mm -hmm. from knowing, and before you hire, of course, you know you you have to talk about expectations, and this is what the, this is what we what we need you for in that team. And then, you know, most of the times people want to say, yes, 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 of course, you know. Uh, and sometimes, or hopefully most of the times, they're going to fulfill the role. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not happening. And then you have to make a decision. Um, but again, everything is for the benefit of the team. And, 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 and that, was, that was my approach as a, as a leader or as a, as a for the whole organization on a sports level. Uh, not only the players or the coaches, but but the whole organization is that you know trying to get the message across that I'm only as good as the weakest link on in the whole organization. So for me, it's my greatest interest to make this person doing that job feel good personally in his private life, and obviously he has to know what he has to do, what the role he has to fulfill. So if he doesn't meet that criteria, then he's out of the job. That's mm. normal, but that's his own fault. Mm. Um, he knows that. Um, but the rest I can take, I can help so that he can feel comfortable and perform. That's for sure. Because his performance directly, directly comes back to me because I'm the boss, you know, and I have to make decisions that are good for the organizations and not for one person. Well, you're, the one, that's, gonna affect you. yeah. you're the one that's ultimately been held accountable because you're the leader. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. So... Yeah, like I mean, it's so it's it's nearly like the the kind of model, the the leadership model that you're you're describing here, is essentially the leadership model that's needed for 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 the educational system. Then, if there's one teacher training X amount of people, you know, it, it's kind of would you? Well, you, I just don't see I don't just see it happening other, otherwise. You know, um, how you go, if you cannot if you cannot put and I I don't even blame you know I don't want to blame teachers for example. No, not at all. You know? What are you going to do? I mean, there's only so much energy and, and, and so much, you know, and, and 
So they need help for sure. But if you want to talk about development and talking about, yeah, why is Finland, you know, uh, dominating in all those testing, school testings, you know, mm. um, and, and I, I don't remember the name of the, the test in Europe, you know, um, well, their school system is a little bit different than ours, you know. But do you think it's not the way the teachers, like, I'm just trying to kind of conceptualize this, but like the way the teachers are trained, like surely the teachers should be trained in transformational do you know what I mean? Like, like trained as life coaches nearly. Like, I mean, we've got a, a massive personal development industry that's, you know, generating billions, you know, over the past few years or whatever. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, surely the, the training's already out there. So, you know, one easy way I would imagine would be to start training teachers up on how to be essentially life coaches, teaching them about emotional intelligence, teaching them about, um, you know, how to, how to motivate people, how to help people find their passions. You know, all these incredible skill sets that are out there now, um, why not take that and just implement it into the skill system? Well, I cannot, I cannot really judge how, how uh, um, teachers are educated, but it would, make, it would make sense for sure. And uh, we don't, in German, we call it Fachidioten. Like, really great and what, you know, idiots of, of uh, <laughs> literature, you know, everything that's, that's, that's on paper without, without looking, looking left and right. You know, it's literature. Now, well, that's a, that's I know the translation doesn't work, but I, I do know what you mean. I do. I, I, I have heard that term before in English, but I just can't recall it now. Yeah. Uh, it's very, like information yeah. regurgitation, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Just, you know, common sense paired with real knowledge and, uh, and life experience uh, and, 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 and putting emphasis on the right, right values. Mm. I think that would be, that would be helpful. But I'm sure a lot of smart people are thinking about this and, and getting paid thinking about this a lot. So um, obviously it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's quite plain, a plain way to look at things, yeah. but I see it happen. I see it happening. I see what happens in sports, you know, with, with the private organizations that put emphasis on this kind of development and it gives great results. So um, I think scaling that kind of model yes uh, would be possible that's exactly what i'm saying yeah absolutely 100 percent um because something needs to change <laughs> i mean come on well and, and this is how you start you know we're starting one person at a time and i'm you know i'm writing my i'm writing my friends you know i'm starting with the with the man in the mirror yeah michael jackson the infamous words or the famous yes. words i should say yeah oh man i love that song <laughs> i was a big fan too Absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, so I think uh, yeah, I think that's that's a nice uh, nice time to leave it on now. To be honest, Dieter, I have to say, like, I am so honoured to have had the opportunity to speak to you today and to go into these topics and concepts and you know all these wonderful, wonderful things that people need to know about. People need to to learn about research um, and utilise in their own lives to empower themselves so that they can go further um, than they've ever imagined possible. So I just I just want to say I, I really appreciate what you're doing. You're an example. You're 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 such an example to people. Um, you know, you're a humble guy. Um, you know, when I asked you, uh, what, how would you like me to introduce you in my questionnaire, and you said, oh, nothing special. And I was like, then I was I was researching, and I was like, then I saw your your profile on Wikipedia, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this guy is so humble. He's got a, he's on Wikipedia and everything. Like, do you know what I mean? So I just I really admire that, and I think you are an example, a shining example for people uh, to follow. And you know, also the fact that we kind of raised awareness about, you know, the falsehoods of, you know, that kind of celebrity role and stuff that people play. And um, if people can understand, that, you know, you're just a person. They're just people. You know, 
playing roles in society, you know, in order to generate revenue for whatever businesses they happen to be representing. I mean, in the simplest terms possible, that's what it is. So, so again, Dieter Colt, absolute legend, man. Thank you so much for being on my show today. Um, Journey Within has, has, has taken a quantum leap forward. Um, and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you so, so much. Thank you very much for having me, Nigel, and, and, and good luck. Thank you. Same to you, my friend. Same to you. All the best. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode today, guys. I really, really appreciate your support. Um, if you had any breakthroughs or realizations during this episode, I'd really love to hear about them. You can comment on the Journey Within Facebook page. You can write a review on the podcast platform, or you can even email me directly at nigelmiller.ie at gmail.com. And if you feel you gained immense value from this episode, donations through PayPal are always appreciative. Um, also, is there something in your life that you find yourself struggling with? Is it something that you feel maybe I could help you with? If so, feel free to go ahead and book a free 15-minute consultation with me at calendly.com forward slash journey within. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash journey within.